Hello, friend. Welcome to Wake Up and Think Clearly, where we practice meditation, thinking clearly out loud in a group. So think of it as communal meditation where we use our body, speech, and mind to do conversation, conversation, mediversion, meditation, mediversion. So we're coming up on 7 a.m. Let me go back to what the topic is for today. Pay attention to the essence of arisings. So, what are we going to talk about? Patience, wisdom, be happy, ahimsa, which means not to harm anyone. From the very beginning, everything, whatever appears and exists, has never been anything other than pure perfection. There has never been a single day, a single moment when everything was not complete purity, pure perfection. It is not that everything has to be brought to a state of purity at some point, but rather that it always was and is. That's like the Sarsen Master Sotne Rinpoche. Here's another quote. You are all perfect the way you are, and you could use a little improvement. That was supposedly said by Zen Master Suzuki Roshi. So let's take little steps towards a little improvement. What else? Here's another quote. Things are neither blessings nor curses. It is only our conditioned imagination which makes anything seem to be this or that. Phenomena things arise in dependence on causes and conditions and has hence possessed no more than a relative reality. Louise. Good morning. You're sideways. Oh, sideways. You are sideways. You are too. Six, nine. Is it a six or is it a nine? It's a lying down six. I hear an echo when you talk. So you must be Wait having... Oh, I'll, I'll turn off. Now nah, we're, now we're cooking with olive oil. Let's see. I'll mute one of my devices. <laughs> now it sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. We're talking. We're, we're cooking with olive oil, gentlemen. David Norton is in the house. 
Bonjour. <laughs> Hit, you're muted. You're, you're muted, David. Either hi or David, no. Can you hear me now? Yes. Good morning, David. Yes. Hi, Ro. How are you doing today? Great. And you? Fine, thanks. Hey, you may have, see you may have somebody else new joining us today, eh? Really? So it's yes. Chris, right? Chris. I don't see Chris. Yes. C-H-R-I-S-S. He's, he's uh, uh, joined us before back in June, maybe. Oh. Um, yes. Excellent. He join us any moment now. And I invited Justin in London to see if he Is joined. He's in London. Yeah. This is becoming an, an international Zoom. Oh, yeah. You got a guy from Spain, a guy from London, a guy from Japan, you know? <laughs> but they don't join us all the time. They, I guess they get bored or something with us. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's about, what, uh, 12 or 1 o'clock uh, p.m. in London? Oh, uh, it's uh, 1 p.m. or noon, something like that. There's always a one-hour difference between the rest of Europe and the Brits. Just like they don't use the euro, they have to, they have to mm. use their own their own uh, currency. Yeah, they're they're a tough bunch. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, what's our topic for today? What's the question? If you don't have any, I always have one. <laughs> the, quest, the topic is paying attention to the essence of arisings. Well, what does that mean? That <laughs> means patience. That what? means wisdom, love, non-harm. Because what about seed and you know wise uh, and all that other stuff, those arise too. Yes. Hmm. Well, if we are paying attention to what is arising, and then if we strive to not harm others, then maybe we'll not harm others so much. I don't know. It don't sound good, Iroh. <laughs> He's not very convinced. No. <laughs> not your, at all. Your political campaign is going down the tube. Yeah, because oh. sometimes, you know, just like a child, you know, a child wants to take and run in the road, and the thing is, they don't know any better, but you say, hey, stop, 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 and they don't do it, so you go out and grab them and spank them on the ass. <laughs> They're harming that child. I mean, they don't want you to do that to them. But yet, on the other hand, it's something that's good. It is so difficult to know. We are on our own. We are on our own. Well, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. You know? Who's to say? What should I do? What should I not do? What's no, right? What's wrong? It's up to the individual, you know. It's like th this past week. Let me tell you a story that I had. <laughs> Anyway, I had a tire that was had a very slow leak, you know, and the thing is the tires were down to the bar, you know, almost, well, they weren't quite, but almost to the bar, 
we had to get them replaced. So I thought to myself, well, there's no sense in just trying to get the thing plugged because if I roll into a, a tire store and to get it fixed, they're going to want to replace both of them and they're going to take and it's going to take a while because they have to order them from the warehouse, get them from the warehouse, get them to the place and big old hassle. So I went to Tire Kingdom down the street here and I said to him, I says, hey, I need some tires. I got a slow leak in one. I showed him the tires. He says, okay, so we'll get them in here for you. I said, I'm not going to wait for him because I know it takes a while. He says, all right. He says, I'll call you. So he called me in the afternoon and then I went in. I says, well, how long do I have to wait now to get the tires on? Oh, about an hour. There's one or two people in front of you, you know, so it'll be about an hour, an hour and a half before you can get it done. I said, good. I says, I want to come in here when I can just roll in and have somebody do the tires. So he said, well, the best thing to do is come in tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. Oh, boy. So I says, okay. I says, I have no problem with that. I says, I got there right at seven o'clock and there was a guy before me having tires put on. So I talked to, there was a different guy there. It wasn't the same guy as the day before. So then he says to me, he's the guy that was there. He says, well, it's going to be about an hour. I says, oh, good. I says, no problem. I says, I'm going to go out and run a couple trips and I'll be back in an hour, you know? So anyway, I went out and did a couple Uber trips and came back in about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. And I says to him, I says, how are we looking? He says, oh, you're right up next. You know, I said, you didn't have any more people come in here? He says, oh, no. He says, you're all set. I says, great. So anyway, I says, okay, good enough. I give him the key to my car and I went in their waiting room or whatever. I spent about an hour, hour and 15 minutes there. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, what the hell happened to my car? It should be done by now. So I go out and see this guy and he says, oh no. He says, we, we haven't even pulled it in yet. I says, wait a minute. I says, you told me before. And I says, I specifically asked you how long it was going to be because I could have gone out and had breakfast or something, you know, and you said it was going to be, I was right up next. You'd be a few minutes and you'd be in there in a half hour, I'd be out. And uh, anyway, I told him, I said, how long have you been on this job? He said, I've been doing this for about four or five years. I says, well, when I came in and asked you how much and how long it would be, and you told me an hour, you knew it would be more than an hour, didn't you? He says, yeah. I says, yeah, well, that's stupid. <laughs> so anyway, they have, don't that's call the, me stupid. The, sta the standard answer. Huh? The standard answer, one hour. It will be about an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So the, the thing is, finally, he took and he put it in and within a half an hour, I was out of there. But the whole idea is the person lied to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The second guy, he lied to me and he knew his job, you know. So the thing is, is that a right thing to do to lie to people? I mean, this is something that happens all the time. Just like that uh, video that I posted on here last week about Nancy Pelosi. To her, a lie is natural. That's what they teach the Democrats to do. So I mean, is it, you know, we're always looking for truth. Should we be looking for lies? <laughs> of course, of course. Huh? Yeah. It's just like Cairo, just... you know, everybody looks, oh, you can't, you can't hurt this person. You can't say this or you can't say that. You can't do that. How's anybody ever going to learn if you don't say something? Mm. Well, like I say, we're on our own. And uh, that's exactly right. That's why I agree with you. We're on our own. Uh, life, life is a big battle. It's a, it's a long, arduous v Vietnam. If, yeah. if they're not shooting at you, they will be shooting at you sooner or later. Exactly uh, if right. you don't pay attention, you're going to step on that, uh, on that bomb. Uh, if, yeah. you, if, if you don't cover yourself, mosquitoes are going to get you. If you don't yeah. change your socks, your, your feet are going to rot. 
and you know it's a continuous uh, uh, battle against you know life is a battle yeah and and uh, people don't want to hear it out it's just you know the and the easier we make it for people the easier they want it yeah. and so we make so... we make a, when when things are tough um uh, some some uh, put on their stiff upper lip and they carry on and they and they persist and they survive that's right some don't some don't right. as, a, as a result of crisis you have a toughened up uh a toughened up uh, population yeah and but we then, haven't had any personal because, crisis <laughs> right because uh, well it's been very easy you know in the last year we haven't seen anything right and now now uh we're getting the covid which is it's it's a it's a a, a war without bombs uh there's no bullets flying but it's just like the uncertainty and the uh, the economy is slowly shrinking and people are going like oh go yeah and uh, and uh you can see that uh, nobody is has been toughened up everybody is like oh wow well it's going to get worse i was i was yeah. <laughs> i was listening yeah, right. to this i was listening to bob dylan this morning uh his his uh his song, the ch the times they are changing. I mean, the lyrics could not be more appropriate to the time. Well, that's always you the know. case, though. You know. Yeah, yeah, but we forget about that. But we right. forget well, when things yeah. are easy. We become soft. Yes, like right. oh, so self self conceited. You know, and we don't realize that uh, sooner or later life is going to throw a, a curveball at, at at us and hit us right there in the in, on the nose. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the way it is. Ty, you know, life is tough, and uh, we have to toughen up. Mm. We don't teach the kids how to be tough. We don't no, teach them how all. to survive. So, we don't teach them. So we don't what's teach them the, the basics. Best policy. Best policy is uh, best, is what is the best policy in in dealing with others, and in and in one. Uh, treating others like should David have, yeah. have uh, trusted the mechanic or should he have been on guard and saying this mechanic could be lying it might not be an hour so I should just well uh, you, you have to be ready to... for that eventuality so uh, although you would expect everybody to be properly educated and telling you the truth the fact is that you know, most of the times or half the times, it's going to be oh. a half truth, or they're trying to get your business. So let me give you an example. We we sell equipment at the place where that, that I manage, and and uh, typically, typically, when somebody puts a deposit on a machine, it takes about twelve to fourteen weeks to go ahead and ship that unit to them. Mm -hmm. Well. Because we've been so successful now, it's like six months, maybe seven. And so if you, you have two options, somebody calls you and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying equipment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how long is it going to be? You can tell them the truth and say, I tell you what, uh, normally it takes about 12 to 14 weeks. Right now it's about six months. COVID, COVID, we've been very successful. Too bad. You, you should have thought about this uh, earlier. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else and get it. All right. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. 
I, I still believe we are the best one. We have the best service. But hey, if you can't wait, sayonara. See you later. Which is what the guy should, should to tell you the truth. It's going to be three hours. We're very busy. Well, I'll go somewhere else. Well, well, sir, I can understand that. But here it is. Plain sight. Straight, straight out. You know what I mean? But no. The, in the businesses, this guy has been instructed. If somebody asks you, you tell them it's going to be about an hour. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, when you go to the doctor, when you go to the doctor, they give you an appointment. Be there at ten o'clock. Actually, be there at nine thirty. Pick up, you know, fill fill the paperwork. You would think that they're going to see you at ten, ten fifteen. No, it's twelve thirty. Right. And the doctor doesn't even apologize. Fuck that. Well, that's you true. I, I agree with that. You know, but that's like the other day. Usually, I go to a certain place to have my car serviced. You know, but the, I've had this problem with my tires that they have to be road, road speed balanced, you know. And anyway, the guy told me that, you know, he could, he didn't say he could do it, but he says they do a balancing job. And I agreed to have my tires fixed there from the original fellow. But I really should have taken it directly to the, um, you know, to um, Mazda where they have a high speed road balancing thing, you know. And the thing is, over there, they're really, one thing I've learned about Mazda, they've been really honest with me. You go in there and ask them a question, they give you an honest answer. And the thing is, if you want, they'll give you a ride home. They do all kinds of different things that these other places don't. And their costs are not that much more, if anything. As a matter of fact, sometimes I found them less than other, you know, places that service the car. So that's what I actually should have done. And it was my own fault for making, you know, that mistake, knowing that going to these different places like Tire Kingdom and Firestone, that they also always want to upsell you on different products and things of that nature, you know. But oh. anyway, I didn't go there and I screwed up myself and I came across this situation and I called it what a spade oh. spade, I guess you might say, you know. Justin. What's that? Justin from London. Oh, In he's London. here. Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. Welcome Hi, back. Don't. Yeah. Oh, David, nice to see you. Yep, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and who's... Lisa, wait, there's Lisa's two... in the house, too. Have you Louise, met Louise? I don't Louise? know where he went to. Louise went somewhere. Oh, he stepped out. He probably cut out and went and got a cup of coffee or something. Oh. Am I here? Wait. I'm do the same thing shortly. Can you see me? Yeah, no yes. problem at all. Oh, okay. Come oh, in good. Someone else left, did they? Someone yes, left? he'll be back. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I think he'll oh. be back. To give, <laughs> you a, to give you a thing of what's going on here, Justin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, first of all, uh, Hiro, what was it you said about uh, the rising of uh, Essence? Yes, I, I call this meetup, uh, Pay Attention to the Essence of arisings. Oh. It's kind of like Buddhist, kind of. Yeah. Of, what kind uh, of arisings, arising? as in what's happening in your mind. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. uh, the essence of mindfulness. But should mindfulness involve judgment? Like, should we be judging what we're thinking in, in order to improve ourselves? Or should we be non judgmental? Well, the thing is that there is something we all do anyway. We all make judgments based on what we know on a, on a, on a daily basis. 
in a situation yeah. by situation basis as well. You know, but just like I, I told a story about something that happened to me this past week, Justin, where I'm going to oh, simplify this. I'm an Uber driver. And the thing is, I had a, I had a tire that had a slow leak in it. So I went to Tire Kingdom here and, you know, asked him, I said, you know, because I knew that I needed two new tires in the back, too, because my tires were wore down to the point to where they were almost to the bars to where you shouldn't be driving them on. So anyway, I went and I got a price on two new tires from Tire Kingdom. And anyway, they told me, they said, yeah, we can get them in and, you know, we can put them on because I always want a specific brand. I don't go with any brand because... Drive an Uber, most brand name tires, I get like 35 to 40,000 miles on, but I use what they call a Nito tire here that gets me about anywhere from 60 to 70,000, nice. which is almost double. So yeah, yeah. I'm very particular as to the size of tires. So anyway, I went out and got, um, I got that order and they, they ended up coming in. And when they came in, he says, well, he says, stop by in the afternoon. He says, we'll put them on, you know, and I dropped by in the afternoon. He says, well, it's going to be about an hour and a half before we can actually put them on. I says, well, I says, I'd prefer not to wait an hour and a half. I says, so I says, when can I bring them in that would be likely to not have to wait? He says, first thing in the morning. So anyway, I came mm -hmm. in the next day, first thing in the morning at seven o'clock. back. Yeah. And, um, so what I did, I came in the next day, first thing in the morning at seven o'clock and the fellow that was there, there was a guy just in front of me before I got there and he was having tires done too. So he told me, he says, well, it's going to be about an hour or so before you can take oh. and have your tires put on. So I says, good. I says, I'll go run a couple trips and then I'll be back. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. And I came back in about an hour and a half or so, made a couple bucks. And, um, you know, then I, I said to him, I says, well, I says, what's the story now? I says, can we just take it in? He says, oh, yeah. He says, no problem. You're, you're up next. Just in a couple minutes, we'll get you in, and we're going to get you out of here, you know? I said, okay, no problem. So I took my computer and went in the back room and started, you know, doing things I do on a computer. Mm -hmm. And after about an hour and 15 minutes, I go out there, and I said to him, I said, well, I says, where's the car? Is the car about done? He says, oh, no, we haven't even started it yet. Uh -huh. and then I started, I said to him, I says, well, I says, how long have you been working here? You know, he said, oh, I don't know, a couple, three years or something. I says, well, when I asked you before, because I said to him, I says, when I came in there, that if it wasn't going to be done right away, I'd just go have an Uber pick me up, take me to a restaurant and have something to eat. Hmm. And he says, no, he says, you, you get in and out real quick. But then when I come back and after it's an hour and 15 minutes, he says, well, he says, uh, we had this to do and that to do and everything. I says, how long have you been working here? And he says, uh, I've been working doing this job for a long time, you know, I don't know, three or four years or something. I says, then you should have known how long it would take before my car could get in to get the tires on. I said, are you stupid or something, you know? And um, he was very much offended by my statement. But the thing is, um, the way I looked at it, the guy lied to me, you know? And um, it goes back to the story of, of what Hyro was talking. And very, usually we don't like to say anything to people that are lying to us and, you know, so on and so forth. And that's where the conversation began. I'm not very good at that. I, I tend to... Um, people tend to know that I know that they're lying. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I'm a bit socially dysfunctional that way, but I tend to be quite honest about knowing if someone's lying. Usually, not always, but, you know, I might point it out or I might, or maybe I'm checking with them like, oh, but you said this, but I know this. So then I'll kind of present that to them. <laughs> You know, maybe yeah. we can find a resolution. Maybe something's not being understood. 
but uh, they can get, I find liars can get really upset with me. Yeah, I, I, I tend to not hide it that I know. Yeah, that's why, um, I don't know if you were here last week, I put a link out there where Nancy Pelosi, I don't know, you probably know Nancy Pelosi from being in the news. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about her. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing is, she was talking to uh, Congress or to the press one day, it's recorded on C-SPAN, yeah. where she was actually telling them what the policy of the Democratic Party was, and that was to take and to smear <laughs> the opposition. And that's how, that's their policy. So take into what? Smear their opposition. And right, also, right. Okay, and that's what they do. So the thing is, what she did is she actually gave them, I don't know, it's only a 30-second little clip of how yeah. to take and smear the opposition. And then uh, there's also... Really that appropriate. Huh? I can see some appropriateness to that. Like, it would be ideal if no politicians did that kind of thing. But when one side does it so hard, if the other side doesn't do it at all, sometimes it doesn't work. Because some voters, I think, are really on a kind of, uh, a level of kind of data okay like what are the person's policies what are their track records kind of taking almost like an academic view on how to decide whereas a lot of voters they're on a more emotional level and even if they're given data and statistics and evidence of past actions and so on sometimes they it's like they don't want to get into the details or they're they're not you know everyone's got different temperament and so some people are more connected to the emotion of it. Like if, if they're being told, oh, that person's really bad, then they'll hate that person. Or if they're being told something's great, it's gone really well, when it hasn't at all. But if the person convinces them with their emotion, oh, we're having it was so wonderful time, then they'll believe it. For example, um, my own mother, uh, I, I heard someone, someone heard her uh, complaining about the... the um, it, they were talking about Corona here in the UK. And apparently she said, oh, um, it would have been so much worse if Labour had won the election. <laughs> now for anyone, <laughs> oh, hi, uh, Louis. Hi, I'm Louis. Nice, uh, nice to meet Lewis. you, Justin. Hi. Yes. Uh, nice to meet you too. So sorry, I had to, familiar... oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I had to detach. Mike was calling in. He's, oh, he's right. sometimes in this group and uh, he called me directly. He says he will join later, maybe. So nice to meet you there. I'm very nice excited. We have you. somebody here on the other side of the uh, Atlantic. That's, uh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Nice to join you. Um, so anyone familiar with the actual data and the evidence would know that um, it's a ridiculous notion that the country would have been worse with labor. Uh, the the well, present government has been like systematically wait. attacking the NHS. I, I disagree with you there because the thing is, I tell you, labor has always been a cohesive socialist party from the beginning and the thing is what happens with labor and i've worked with labor as a matter of fact i was using even a shop store at one time the thing is they take in the, anything that goes in, wrong in england huh in england no and in america i live in the united states yeah There's yeah of unions here which i don't know that the difference would be much different from here to there as far as a as far as a uh union for you know people that you know, actually work and have a representation. Like we have the AFL-CIO and right. you know, several other different labor unions, which you probably have the same thing there too, I would imagine. Yeah, they've been very important for, for establishing uh, safety for, for workers and uh, certain labor rights and, uh, you yeah, know, the uh, protecting is, the, the jobs so you can't just be like suddenly fired or, or um, 
uh, things like thing. minimum wage and that's so on. That's the same thing very, here, but really, the thing is yeah. they have a tendency to abuse the rules and that's the problem with <laughs> them. They take I can assure you that the Tory government uh, abuses rules. I can Everybody really does. I mean, that there was a <laughs> yeah, point yeah. that Luis made earlier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, 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 so that's the thing about, um, you know, should, how, you know, what strategy should uh, uh, a, a, a party have in politics? So uh, m why I mentioned my mother's view of, of uh, Labour and Tory is because um, she's having an emotional response to the, the sources of information that she's been bathed in. And, and that's, uh, it gives a very different conclusion than if you take an academic approach at the actual facts. Wait a second. So, so in America, with the, with, the, like um, with the left wing, if they don't start you know, on the, with the Republicans, you've got, you know, politicians like swearing and cursing and dissing people and the Trump, you know, ridiculing um, uh, disabled reporters and being racist to uh, elected senators. And, uh, and a know, lot of people respond to that. So the, the left wing... Well, that's, just, that's misinformation because what happens... Oh, I've seen it with my own eyes. Every four years, what happens is the Democrats come down and they pull out and call the Republicans racist. They do. Every four years. This is not whether Trump is there or whether Bush is there. Whoever's there, they do the same things. And they always take and use identity politics to take and smear and slam the Republicans. They never talk about the policy issues. Their policy is to smear and to slam somebody rather than to even talk about the issues. Because just like you talk about COVID-19, there's been doctors here that have band together. There have been studies here that have come out that show that hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment against COVID-19. But yet the, on the left, they do everything that they can to hide this information on the internet. And the internet companies help them do it, like Google and Facebook. Yeah. And, and there are definitely yeah. things may, that may, but, oh. well, I have a question. May, yeah. may I ask a question? Uh, Justin, are those Bansuris behind you? No, they are shakuhachi, a Japanese flute. Uh, it's played like this instead of like this. Yes. Yeah. Well, the bansuri, which is uh, also made of bamboo, but yes. Indian flute, yeah, also yeah. is played, uh, you know, from the front. No, it's played from the side, bansuri. Uh oh, the I bansuri. Yes. I don't think so. You can Google You're right. <laughs> You're right. No, no, no. I had a. a There's a shenai. In yeah, India, they uh -huh. have Chennai. It's uh, got a reed. It's similar to yes, an yes, oboe. Yes, That's yes. played like this, like for snakes and so on. Uh, I really recommend uh, Bismillah Khan. He's, it was, he brought the Chennai into how, kind of how do you classical spell that? repertoire. Um, how do you spell Bismillah, Bismillah. Maybe can I write it here? Sorry, I changed, the, sure. I, I changed the discourse. But if we go down the, the, uh, the way of politics, I, I'm going to have to either no, bow out. Something like that, no. maybe? No, it's, this is a politics is interesting because it demonstrates how it affects us emotionally. emotionally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because see, uh, for example, David Norton's uh, case of Nancy Pelosi. Itis. David, you you have to realize that what you were watching uh, on Nancy Pelosi saying how it's done how how the the politicians along with the media are manipulating us yeah she could have been a, a saying that 
in terms of how the opposition does it. You know, but you saw no, no, only no. a clip of it. And so you got the impression that she's talking about how she does it herself, but she could have been saying that that this is how the opposition does it, but it was yeah. a clip. I, so that influenced oh, your um, When you watch somebody and you see somebody, they're telling you their opinion. <laughs> it's simple. Nope. Well, Justin, right I, no, but she's well, I have a lot of questions for Justin. So yeah. uh, first, uh, just one last thing about politics. I, I tend not to talk about politics or if I talk about politics, I talk about what I would do if I, if I yeah, were a politician. Because nice. I know, you know, if I start talking about how, what is Trump doing versus Pelosi is doing it, they're both doing a mess, obviously. Look yeah, around. Yeah. Look around you. Look at the streets. Look what's what's happening, and it's it's messy. So, I don't talk about how messy things are. That's an understatement. Everybody know uh, knows that. But if what I like when I talk about politics is what would I do, what mm. kind of scheme, or or platform or a course of action I would implement in order to improve things. I don't talk about what the politicians are doing because yeah. it's it's very. First of all, you and I talking about Pelosi or or Trump, it's not going to change a darn thing. No. Uh, if anything, it's going to reaggravate everything that we know already. It's like, oh my God, those guys yeah. on both sides. It's just they're, like, come on, get they're real. They're playing us. They're playing us. So they're playing to our. Emotions. I would rather think politics and dividing us. Think politics. What would I do if I were in charge? You know. Well, how do how do we get out of this mess? But n not well. He's doing this or she's doing that, and and this and that. They play us. Well, I don't play anybody. If you ask my opinion about politics, I tell you. You know, I I would start with a social contract. It's a very simple idea of, you know, the individual versus the collapse, uh, collective, and hmm. collective versus individual, not versus. It is the individual belonging to the collective. The collecting. It's collective. You know, it's the collective. Uh, so I, I would talk about that. What, where do we start? What are the obligations of the individual versus the collective and vice versa? Yeah. What are the basic responsibilities as an individual? What am I supposed to do in a society when I decide to belong to the society? Yeah. If I don't want to belong yeah. to society, I might as well go play with the monkeys in the, in the rainforest. Hmm. It's like, hey, I don't, want to, I don't want anything to do with this. But, you know, so those are the things that I would talk about in politics. They're almost a philosophical way of getting into politics. And then if I decided to spend the time and money to do that, then I would start my own common sense party, which is, you know, I've thought about it many times. But I think it's going to be... A, that's One of the be things like... that I think is so difficult is that, you know, even for the purest leader to be elected as president, let's say, you can't just do what you want. Like... You're, it's it's so the, the system itself is so limiting you've yeah. got the court judges you've got the uh, senate you've got all, all these different bodies and pressures yeah. and uh, it's hard. it is very it's difficult because you have your own individual ideas and then you have to convince the majority of people to vote for that because i do believe in democracy i yeah. don't believe in democracy uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are either you you have a very nice dictatorship you know, just imagine a dictator yeah. that's like a, a, a you know, Neverland. It's like, like King Ashok I, in ancient India. He was 
said to that's be right. maybe the that's greatest right. ruler. That's right. That's right. So there are there have been some uh, uh, powerful leaders out there that uh, brought in good for uh, the whole of society. And they were still, you know, I'm sure that they were still uh, criticized by, you know, the naysayers. But in any case, either you have a very nice dictatorship or you have a very nice democracy. In that case, it's more difficult to have a nice democracy because probably not a democracy. it's difficult to get a lot of nice people to vote for the right thing. Whereas, you know, if you get a dictator and he's nice, you, you got it made. <laughs> it's easier on a small scale, I think. <laughs> on a small scale. scale uh, yes. No, but that's uh, important because I think in nature, usually um, you have a decentralized organization. Um, I, I think that's on how your self-organizing systems nature, work. In nature, you're on your own. Uh, but nature itself is a conglomerate of things that, the ecology works just by itself, but within that, every individual is up to itself. The gazelle. Take ants, though, for example. Okay, so so ants. Okay, they're doing their own thing. Each ant is doing their own thing, and they're working on simple principles. Yeah. But when you get a, a collection of simple units, let's call them, operating on simple rules, then you get. Um, extraordinary, very totally new um, complex. characteristics and behaviors, uh, em like emergent properties um, that, yes, that work yes. very well. But the thing is, you know, what, like when scientists used to look at um, ants' nests <coughs> or things like that, wow, you know, it's so complicated. You even get like, um, uh, is it ants or termites that have like um, um, centralized like air conditioning air conditioning they cooling do, like, and everything algae yeah, yeah. farming they yeah, do like yeah, all yeah. kinds of complicated stuff so they used to think oh it must be the queen is in charge it must be like she's sending out the commands or got the blueprints to the nest things like that yeah. but it, it's not it's like it's these emergent properties um coming from the the, Sim the system as a whole Simple lines of uh, of programming because yeah, the lines of programming in an ant are very simple. You smell, you communicate, you do your stuff. They're already hardwired. It's a very simple. Pro it, it doesn't change. There's no self awareness there. It's like oh, I don't want to do this. Fuck that, you know. <laughs> uh, and and that's that. Nature is beautifully complex and yet simple because there is mm. no self-awareness let's put it that way well maybe it's not just because there's no self-awareness but let's say for example if if i'm being controlled by some assholes to yes. use an english expression I by the system in america you know in london who have no care about me and don't know my people they're from a totally different subculture um yes. and they're they're pushing commands on me or or on you guys in wherever you are then a lot of people don't think, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. You know? But if you live in a small community and you're deciding together on what's going to happen to that plot of land and, um, oh, shall we build an allotment where we can all uh, easily grow food together? Uh, yes. Or what about the, what are we going to do about the rubbish situation? No, because you've got an invested interest in your yes. local surrounding. If you can come together and you participate in what's going on, then actually people um, suddenly have a very high interest in what's going on and they yeah. want to participate. And then they act more on the basis of, they're more likely to, I think, act on the basis of compassion and wisdom. Yeah. I, I am a business manager. Oh. 
Yeah. That, you know, it is what it is. No, no, it interests me <laughs> because then, then you must be uh, familiar with certain I, I, types of system organization. In, yeah, but you, you see, the say, thing is, what you just described, uh, uh, Justin, is actually a Republican form of government that was set up here in our country to begin with. But the thing okay. is, unfortunately, because of the capitalistic uh, structure of our nation, everything has been distorted and gone off into different directions so that the self-interest is actually inside of the um, different corporations and yeah, also yeah, yeah. foundations rather than allowing the people to exist. And the thing yeah. is, when you take a look at that now, we have companies like Amazon, uh, Walmart, and uh, large corporations that buy other corporations that eliminate the exact thing that you're talking about from existing in different yeah. communities. So and you need to well, eliminate corporate power from politics. It's, right. it's, and the thing is, these but people that is so are complex. These people are in bed with the Democratic Party. And the thing is, you have that Maybe with both parties. Huh? Maybe with both parties. Any, anything yeah, they that are makes with both money. parties, but more it, so, more so with the Democratic Party, because democracy takes and functions different than a republic does. That's why our country was originally established as a democratic republic, so that you have these different cells and these different organizations in communities that could come together to make up the government. But what's happened here that has, has destroyed our country is the thing is, even on the local level, people would not come to the city meetings and to the local meetings to express their opinions, like when companies like Walmart would come in and buy up huge pieces of property and other corporations would do the very same thing. And therefore the corporations are winning the war over the communities. And the thing is now the thing is they have their own, these corporations have their own, uh, what do you call it, political ideals and everything that they're actually putting into the communities to take yeah. and help control the communities Putting corporations in over, the, David, over the people. David, so I don't, I don't think. What? But I don't. It, it, I don't think it's a new thing, David. Yeah. I mean, I well, think it's you're not being a candid. New thing, but it's always been like that. It's always. Yeah, been but we've like never that. had. We've never had the internet and the information flow right, right. from the way it is through now, the internet as it does we, today. That right, there is the real problem. We know more no, and faster. We know more and faster of the same thing that's always happened in human societies. Well, that's true. So, so it, 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 the problem is not today versus uh, 50 years ago or 500 years ago. The problem is the human mind, how the humans behave, uh, intend, live, uh, and, and uh, relate to each other. It's just that is a human right. problem. It, so that's where we need to go. Where, where is the problem? The gazelle well, that's being chased by a lion... Politics uh, not... have to come into that. Uh, politics have to come into that because politics are coming together of people with the same idea, and that's all. Yeah, before, that's where before politics, politics. The word comes from is poll. You don't. Yes, I, I understand that, David. But before politics is education, knowledge. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know shit, yeah, yeah. how can you do politics? It's impossible. It's so we have to start. We have to start at the beginning. Without education, without words, it, it goes. Control. So that, that's the that the first one is education, culture, culture. You know, living together, building together, and and of course, if you know, I I know how bad things are out there. They all they've always been bad. Life is a long, arduous Vietnam. They're I don't not shooting at you. Bad, I think that as bad as you look at it or somebody may look at it, I think it's good. I'm very, hey, I'm, 
I'm doing great. Well, we discussed. I'm, I'm very happy. But Louis, the reality is, yes, go ahead, Justin. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, you know, the, the reality is that uh, it's each, you know, we are on our own within the collective. And the problem that we deal with at the individual level and the collective level is always a human problem. How do we feel? How do we think? How do we fix things? How, how do we get along? Et cetera, et cetera. And if we well, don't have education and culture, politics is, you know, Louis, a mess. Those yes. things you just said about how do we, what's it, how do we live together? How do we get along and, and, and all that. So how would you think that that is affected by urban living? Um, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like uh, so where, where you're living, living with thousands of uh, yeah, tens yeah, yeah, yeah. of thousands of millions of people that you don't it know. It amplifies, don't just like COVID is worse in the city than it is in the country. Yeah. The human problem becomes uh, exacerbated in, in, uh, with the density of population. Everything becomes more compact, more critical. Uh, you're more in a rush. You're finding people. There's not enough room. You have more people, so you have more disobedences, you know, more disagreements. But, but, um, but, I, but on the individual level, would you, would I, I, I'm wondering if um, it almost makes you more isolated. Yeah, yeah, in a way, there's more people, but in a way, yes. you're, you're less connected to the people. Absolutely. So maybe there's less a sense Absolutely. of society and community. And community, more of a sense of individuality neighborhood. What's good you don't for talk me. to your neighbors. Uh, right, right. You, you don't talk to your neighbors in, in the small villages. I mean, we're going to the ideal pastoral idea of society sure. where you had five or six people out there in the middle of nowhere yeah, and yeah. they had three or five huts. Obviously the communication was slow <laughs> and more mindful. It's like, I know you're there, you know, I'm here. How you doing? How you, so there was uh, more of a human connection. We have become dehumanized by uh, the speed of technology. I, that one, I wrote uh, not too long ago that the problem we're having as we evolve technologically is that technology is going so much faster than we are. The change is, ha is happening so much faster than we can change our mind and adapt to the new situation that we are off we're falling off the bike. It's like we're going on a bike and we're, lo we're losing our pedals because we're going so fast we can't control it. And that's the, the psycho-existential psycho problem of the human being in the 21st century. Our own technology is, is uh, overpowering our uh, own awareness, our own self-awareness. We just don't know what to think anymore because things are happening so fast, we don't have the uh, mentality to go, all right, I, I got this. I'm in control of this. Very dangerous, uh, very dangerous place. Be Maybe even at the non-speedy levels, you know, um, I don't know the, the thought of like ownership occurred to me. So like, let's say in a city, I, m most people maybe don't even own where they live. Maybe they rent it, but- They rent, yeah. But even if they would own it, it's like, okay, this is my flat, let's say, or you say apartment. Uh, this yes. is my, my apartment. And then you might have some sense of it being like my street. But then like even the town or the city, you don't feel it's mine. Like, you know, people are even um, vandalizing stuff or stealing stuff or, yeah. or taking advantage. But it's not like, oh, this is my place. Um, whereas um, in a village, 
the the mine and not mine division maybe less. I think it, we, for hunter gatherers it's even extremely less. We but. felt like we belonged. I, I am an old dog. Right, I'm sixty one, right. and I was born you know in the late fifties and raised in the uh, in the sixties and seventies. I'm from Europe myself. I was born in Madrid, and raised in Paris. So you know I, I and I had a feeling of belonging wherever I was. Right. <laughs> Not that the street was mine. I knew the street wasn't mine, but I yeah. belonged there. It's, okay, it's just, yeah, that's cool. yeah. I, was, I was fine where I was. As yeah. a matter of fact, when I was five, my family moved. My father didn't have a dime. He owned, he owned money you know, everywhere in the neighborhood. Took the whole family on a midnight train. We ended up in Paris overnight. <clears throat> I never remember being feeling alienated. It's funny. Yeah, great. My first day of school, I didn't understand a word because I was a Spaniard little, little boy and I ended up in a French school. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. But I do not remember feeling like I don't belong here. So I was transported from, from the Spanish culture. In the 60s and 70s, Spain and France were like uh, Pluto and Mars, completely <laughs> different planets. Wow, wow. And yet I did not feel a sense of alienation. Right. Yeah, and now... It was the way it was. I felt that my life was very slow. Everything was just uh, flowing. I was, yeah, yeah. I was, I was flowing along with the flow of life. But don't you but think that was because of your parents? Not only. It was the media. It was the culture. It was. It, we only had two black and white channels. Yeah. We, did, you know, every day was pretty much the same. I didn't oh, hear okay. anything. I tell you what. I did not hear anything about Vietnam when I was growing up. About what? Vietnam. Vietnam War. I, I never heard anything about Vietnam until I moved to the States. It's like, what? <laughs> and then I started studying that. Uh, you How know, old are you? Incredible. Please. I'm 61. I think that you're 13 years younger than me. Yeah. So the thing is, you had black and white TV when you were. Really? Yeah, when, when I was a kid. Yeah, black and white TV, a couple of channels. But so I. It's just that I feel now that things are moving extremely fast. And we find out everything that happens everywhere. It's, we are bombarded by stuff. And so th the changes are so fast and we see the dangers so in our face that we have this ex existential fear. We feel like, hell, I don't know if uh, th what I have today is gonna be the same tomorrow. And we, we have this, disconnection this separation is the rate it, of change not also increasing though it, I mean, it's, it's, it's getting faster and faster soon yeah. they're going to be cars the, driving themselves yeah exactly so not just the rate of information that we receive but the rate it's of the actual speed change of it, the speed yeah. of it and they're the more we get we, uh, there's a guy that i i read uh, that i recommend him anytime wilson eo wilson he talks about consilience <clears throat> and and what he says that there's too much information and not enough meaning not enough sense. We have a lot of dots to yeah. connect and we cannot connect them to make sense of this incredible amount of, of information that we now have at the tip of our fingers on the keyboard. I can find anything. Actually, I can look like a very smart parrot because anybody says a new name and then I'm a specialist in the name that you just mentioned. Oh yeah, I know the guy. <laughs> but the fact that I know more doesn't mean that I uh, 
suffuse more meaning out of the data that I know. And yeah, this yeah, yeah. is the, the problem of the 21st century human being, more than ever, because we've, we've had existential problems throughout the history of, of uh, mm. mankind. Well, can, can, can I suggest that there's even, if we're to get meaning, there's many different meanings that we could get from the data. Yes. And in fact, there's many different correct meanings that we could get. Yes. So I would suggest that it's wise to have some kind of strategy on what kind of meaning we're looking for. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I, well, I propose the following. Yeah, yeah. What's that? There are two types of meaning. Okay. Conventional meaning and non-conventional meaning. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> Conventional meaning is two plus two equals four. Conventional meaning is if I eat well, I'll be healthier. Uh, conventional meaning is if I don't, if if I avoid toxic people, I'll be happier. Conventional meaning is if I pay my bills, I won't be in the street. Conventional meaning okay, is me I'm going to get. Louise, help. Okay, I okay, Justin, I I do things differently. The thing is, to me, I'm a word guy. Period. Uh huh. Uh huh. I take in words and I go back and try to find the original definition of words. Okay. Etymology. To wherever wherever it goes, if the original source is in Greek or if it's in Hebrew or it's in Latin or whatever, maybe yeah. a lot of us will go back to um, like Indo-European, like yeah. Proto-Indo-European. Right, right. But the thing is, from that, I have found that some words maintain their same meaning or definition through time, where other words get twisted and the new definitions come to exist. And uh, yeah, almost all words. I mean, like. Um, um, oh, I had a really good example. Um, no, I can't think. But yeah, sometimes even in English, we'll have two words that were originally the same that now have totally different meaning because they've traversed different uh, evolutionary trajectories over uh, several thousand years. Yeah, but what, what happens is these di different definitions, they, they appear in different, um, what do you call it, different little groups. Even though people speak in English, like you can talk to a person that does coding. He has a yeah. whole definition of words that it takes to take and code whatever he's coding. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And also they use, they use now letters to represent words where if somebody's not familiar with that, it's just like speaking two different languages. Like Absolutely. Like was talking about the Spanish and the French, you know, so that people have no idea what these people are saying. And then when they start speaking publicly, they know what they're saying, but the thing is the people that are receiving these words have no idea of the definitions that are being used. Well, Louis brought up the word mindfulness and uh, yeah, the, the way that that's used now, it, I mean, in English, it's really coming from um, a Pali word, sati. Um, it, it's been translated as mindfulness. Sati but, uh, Yeah, the foundation of mindfulness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think so, you and I are going to have long conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so either, but what mindfulness means in <laughs> in contemporary sati sati. It means something very different in like traditional Buddhism than what it can yes. mean in contemporary Western culture. Absolutely. But to bring another couple of uh, Pali words. Um, I'm not sure if I pronounce this right. Kusala and Akusala. Uh -huh. 
um, and uh, it, it means skillful and unskillful. And kids. And and when I was talking about, um, th there are many different meanings we could correct meanings that we could derive from data. Um, I would suggest um, as a strategy um, searching for skillful meaning. And what I mean by that is, uh, for example, we could analyze politics and we could derive a very um, accurate conclusion that everything is screwed <laughs> and <laughs> politicians are generally really bad and we can't trust politicians and um, our vote matters but not in the way that it's supposed to in democracy you know we could come up with with a lot of um, genuine conclusions that could um, produce negative emotional affect you know they can make us sad or depressed or angry they could uh, interfere with our social relations because we could be in a bad mood or we could be angry with certain people on certain uh, sides of the political spectrum um, so those would be it would be accurate meaning that would have a negative impact on us as individuals and on society Whereas we could derive other meanings that are equally or, you know, equally true, equally accurate, that might um, have the effect of generating positive emotional affects in us, like compassion or I am um, patience. Yeah. You're, you're hitting it right there on the, uh, on the spot. I'm sure you are familiar with the Kalama Sutta or yes. the, the sutta to the kalamas. And it's so clear right there, so clear that each individual mind, each consciousness needs to, uh, cannot avoid asking the question, what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing, what should I do, what should I not yeah. do, why I think messed up, you know, why am I happy sometimes and not so happy the other times. And that sutta just puts you right there in the driver's seat and says, hey, you decide, analyze, think, get the facts, and then you decide based on, is this conducive to welfare, happiness, yeah, and yeah. harmony within myself and with others? And if it is, do it. And if it does, it isn't, then don't. Yeah. So we, if we are mindful, that means that we pay attention, we are aware of what we're looking at, and we interpret it uh, properly, clearly, then it is clear we're not going to do drugs because they feel good. Because we know that in the long term, they're going to mess us up. And also because if we buy drugs, somebody kills somebody to get them going. So it's, it's, if we really pay attention to uh, the nitty gritty of reality, we can come to the conclusion of what is kusala and akusala. And if we, each one of us did that, then we would have a perfect democracy. We would have a perfect democracy, yes, so. but it's not the case. Okay, okay. So uh, we are stuck with the power of making right, meaning. We, are, we have the power to distill meaning from chaos for ourselves, within ourselves. And but we are stuck in a world where that does not happen because it takes a lot of uh, 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 wisdom, a lot of knowledge, a lot of slowing down, slow thinking like Kahneman says, 
think slow, don't be impulsive, don't regulate your emotions. And that's why we live in a world that is imperfect. But we can find a perfect world within just by distilling meaning, just, just saying, okay, it is what it is. Very, very uh, typical uh, Buddhist thing because it is what it is. But the mind can make the best of it, not by changing it because it's pretty much impossible. Mm. But you can improve on it because when you think in these terms, you improve yourself and the little world around you, your little United States of Justin or <laughs> United States of Lewis. Yeah. It, but what you can do is at least have a sense of meaning within chaos. And that's what's called nirvana, nirvana, just the extinction of, of this suffering, of this existential, I'm not sure what this is about. Why, why are some people so nasty and some people so, so good, et cetera, et cetera. This non-conventional meaning, which is the metaphysical meaning of the, the, the uh, meaning beyond phenomena, it doesn't look at phenomena and their relationships, but it looks at the essence, the an, an, anicca, dukkha, and anatta uh, uh, essence of everything and nothing. And then you're able to go through it and go, okay, I got this. But this is a personal experience. This is one, one mind at a time that can do question, that. Question, question. <clears throat> For you and Justin both, because you both seem to be knowledgeable there, about Buddhism or... Whatever. I can see that. I can okay. see Justin is uh, right there right. in the middle of the yeah, middle, middle as, path. That as well. So you guys are sort of linked together. Okay. How do, what does Buddhism or whatever you're talking about, uh, your religion past, how do you treat uh, nepotism and cronyism? Could you briefly define what those two things are? Sorry. I'm not so knowledgeable. Okay. Nepotism yeah. is where you... Well, go ahead, uh, David. You asked a question, you give the answer. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna, I don't have the answer for it because I don't know. That's why I asked the question. But the yeah. thing is, nepotism is where a person has, uh, lends favor to their children and to their family members. Oh. Cronyism is where a person lends favor to their friends and people that are, you know, hooked up in their Buddies. community. Good old boy, Buddies. good old boy uh, uh, network, yeah. And the thing is, what happens is throughout societies, over time, they end up, those two issues end up destroying um, communities. They end up destroying countries and governments of all sorts. So my question is, what is the position on Buddhism or whatever you guys are focused on? How does that treat these two issues? Mm. Justin, you go first. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so I, not my field of expertise. I can just say what occurs to me as an individual. I mean, I'm Buddhist, but I don't represent all Buddhists. But I would think, I just, what, what comes to my mind is a, is a spectrum uh, where on one side, like you're only caring about the, whatever it was you said, like your friends and family um, uh, to the detriment of everyone else. And on the other side, you're caring equally for all beings, which is often thought of as an ideal. But I would think that my personal uh, opinion from a Buddhist perspective might be somewhere in between these two. So inwardly, we want to have compassion and loving kindness 
um, for all sentient beings. That means uh, what compassion means is the wish that others don't suffer. And what loving kindness means is the wish that they are happy. So to have these, these fundamental wishes, not intellectually only, felt wishes um, to all sentient beings, not even just all um, humans, you know, all animals, even mosquitoes, which is maybe a more difficult one. Um, but if, for example, I have children, and then I see poor people in the street and I give them all my money because I care about them uh, equally as I do any, uh, my children. Then what happens? Then I have no money. So then how do I feed my kid? Uh, I have nothing more to give. So what do I do? Do, that, do I then have to beg from other people? Mm. So there's some kind of balance that, okay, I have all, equal love and compassion for all beings, but I also have a context. And my context is that I am in this situation and there are people depending on me. So I have some kind of special responsibility to my immediate environment or the people that are connected to me. So that is going to influence behavior. It doesn't mean that I'm going to uh, steal from other people to feed my kids or that I'm going to make uh, unfair appointments, like uh, put my kid as the boss of something he shouldn't be the boss of. But in terms of protecting them from harm and tending to their needs, there's going to be, it's a little bit of priority there. It's like, okay, first I have to like, you know, feed myself and my family. And then if I have extra, I can feed others. Okay. Now the thing is in regards to what you're saying, there's an actual nepotism thing that actually exists in our society today with the COVID-19 in which uh, the common thing comes out and says that, Hey, you know, like uh, you shouldn't be near your, your parents if they're older or whatever. Right, because right. Of the fact that you're going to give them the COVID-19. Right. This is a form of nepotism in itself in that you're looking out for family members um, for this particular disease. Okay. So the thing is, if you have misinformation and your information does not agree with the your family member that you're in contact with, um, the thing is, what do you do? Do you impose your nepotism upon, which is your beliefs about what should be done with your family members, or um, do you allow them to take and express their opinion and try to understand their opinion as well? Wait, nepotism, are you saying nepotism unfairly favors family members? Yeah, that's right. Well, the thing is, when you're talking about nepotism, that's looking out for your family, period. No matter okay. How, it doesn't have but to be. It's not uh, saying like, a don't, don't visit your fam, don't, don't visit your old parents, but go and visit everyone else's old parents. It's not like I, that, I, right? No, no. Like, don't visit any old parents. No, it's <laughs> like the, the ones you're most likely to visit are your own, statistically. Right. But no, like, it's like, don't visit any old people. That, that is, a, is, a, is a characteristic of human beings that is part of, I believe, nature, because yeah. it's natural for a person to want to look out for, for your own family, the ones that you, you like course. a mother gave in birth, or a father being the father. It's, that's a normal thing, but our society has a tendency to take... David, I'm, I'm going to try to answer your question. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not an anyist. Well, Okay. I am, if anything, I would say I am a Buddha, but not oh, a Buddhist. Yeah, you know, a Buddha is... Uh, I, I know, you don't need to go into that. I know the whole it, story about that. Just so, tell me your answer. 
But the answer is, uh, and I'm, I'm taking back what the, the, the questions that you ask, nobody's going to be able to answer them for you, no matter how much we talk about that. Each mind decides. I know, so I just you, want an idea, an opinion. My idea is, my idea is, and I go back to the, the two kinds of meanings, the two kinds of uh, understandings, the, the, the conventional and the non-conventional. Uh, if you, if you uh, look at it, there's good intention. You know, in my mind, I can have the perfect intention. I don't want to harm anything or anybody. I, I wish happiness, bliss, and peace uh, uh, for every sentient being, including rocks. They don't know what what's going on, but I take my... I take my good intention to even the non-sentient because at the end of the day, the sentient is made of non-sentient. The phenomena arise from nothing, from the, the ground of being, sunyata. So I, you can have in your mind the perfect 100% intention, which is a thing of the mind. It's a world of ideas. And then the moment that you do karma, which is an action, where you go from potential 100% beautiful intention to actualization, the moment that intention becomes an action, it, it is a relative thing. <laughs> you can't, you know, you cannot avoid it. Just being alive, you cannot avoid karming. Just being is karma. And, and then only, a, a, an individual at a time can decide how do I juggle that stuff? How do I marry a perfect intention with a not so perfect uh, action? Because no matter what you do, even if you say, ah, this is perfect, I did it with a perfect intention and there it is, I do it. Anyone, any, any other mind around is going to go, well, that's not so perfect. Because if you look at it from this way or that way or this way or that, it's not perfect. This so, is why compassion and wisdom have to go together. That's right. So, and even then, even then, it can be looked one mind at a time only because each mind is a perspective as a universe. It's going to look at what you do. I do this. You think, that's pretty good, but hey, I could have done it this other way. So the answer is not in the wind. The answer is in my own mind. Nobody can decide or understand for me. Reality looks at itself one mind at a time. And through that mind, it understands itself with a higher or lower uh, degree of clarity, peace, et cetera, et cetera. So but, your but, question is only answered by yourself, David. But uh, then, but then, uh, can't hear you. Iro, can't hear you. Yeah. Start over. Start over. Wait a minute. It's your iPhone things. Let me switch uh, uh, microphones. Okay. So, yes. so David, it's, it seems to me that, that you're suggesting that, that with nepotism, and you you have you have it, an extreme amount of influence of it, like when the with uh, in the case of 
of the, the people favoring protection of the elderly, that it's influencing the rest of society? Is that what you're suggesting, that nepotism is going overboard and affecting the rest of the society? Like in terms of, of uh, I want to protect my elderly, so I, I want society to protect them versus just opening society? Well, that's what's happening, I believe, exactly sort of what you're saying, you know, but nepotism to me is when you're looking out for family members, period, it doesn't make a difference if they're older or if they're younger. It's just like I gave the example before, if you have a child, the child runs out in the street and the thing is you want to protect that child. So you not only yell at the child, but the thing is you take and discipline that child in some form so that child doesn't do it again, or you take and usually a child is so young, they have no idea, understanding of reasoning. So the thing is, it has to be some kind of discipline mode that you're teaching them not to do something. And the thing is, in the standards of many people from the past of what we've been taught, that you shouldn't take and use force of any kind to teach children uh, because it sort of messes them up or something. But the thing mm. is, through nepotism, a person's responsibility is, first of all, to their family members, to their their spouses, to their children, to their parents, to their all everybody that's included with inside of it. So what happens is in nepotism, there's a, just a natural by nature uh, a, a thing, a response, an action that takes place that you want to look out for them. And the thing is, what happens is sometimes in politics and in, in reality is people abuse those, um, abuse those emotions in uh, you know, putting out sometimes false information. Now, the thing is with the COVID, in re reference to COVID-19, they use that because it's a very deep feeling that people have not to harm other family members. But some of the words that are being used is, hey, you know, like you can't go see your, your, your mother because she's over 65 or, you know, you got to look out for your children because they might get COVID, they might die. But the thing is, people end up emotionally attached to that because of their own nepotism, rather than looking at the statistics from all around, not just what's being said, but everything. And um, that oh. there, that only creates a problem with COVID, but it creates many problems in many other areas of life as well. Um, you know, just like you put people, if you own a business, first thing you do is you put family members in charge of different spots because you know they need a job. Um, you know, you take and help your friends out. You put them in, in the same thing. They may not even be qualified for the job, or they may do things that are really- That's your problem then. Huh? If you put your son who doesn't know anything about business in charge because you want to give him a job, that you, you are making the mistake. You are, you're the one who's, who's uh, not, you know, shooting your own foot. I'm not saying you know? that it's a problem. I mean, that I make a mistake. I'm just saying that's the natural feeling to do. And usually, like, if you have a business or something that you're mm -hmm. running, your son is going to be brought up into it and know what, what's going on, probably more so than an outsider. And I'm more not, than likely not. I wouldn't. Well, it all depends on your parents and the way that they teach you. Yeah. I think that they, each environment is totally different, you know. So the thing is, like, I know, you know, I never would ever do what my father did, you know. But the thing is, um, you know, it does happen where people are brought up as shoemakers. Yeah. and They teach yeah. this to their children and they become the same, too. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I'm just saying it's something that happens 
that leads to destruction in many people's yeah. guys i'm gonna have to uh, uh check out it's nine or eight or nine and i have a whole bunch of list of things uh, to do uh heido this uh justing disappeared i was going to ask him for contact info email and number because i uh I see that we have a lot in common, uh, he and I. Oh, hi, Rose. You... Hook you up. Oh, oh, he he uh, he uh, lost his internet connection. Uh, mm. I think he's saying. So he he's trying out his phone. Oh. I don't know if he can get back in. Do you have his uh, contact info? Well, he's on Facebook. Maybe you could uh, contact him that way and use Messenger. How did he get? Uh, how did he get to uh, to know this group? Uh, I invited him. He uh, he's he's on Facebook, so yeah. so I have a I pick up uh, friends that are that I find interesting that and and he uh, he 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 uh, does have uh, a, a lot of knowledge about Buddhism. I think. Oh, that's for sure. Buddhist. Buddhist psychology or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his last name? Do you know? Williams. His, his, uh, his name is Justin Williams, but he has a middle name that, that he got from his musician musician teacher. Uh, gave yeah. him like, like Shenryu. Shenryu. That, that's, that's like like a sensei or something. But it, yeah. Shenryu, that means he, he's mastered his instrument, I guess. Nice, nice. Hmm. All right, and uh, a number? Do you have a number or anything? Mm, no, I just have his Facebook uh, uh, friendship. Okay. Hmm. But I guess I could ask him for a number. Yeah, so please do, and channel I would like to. Or I would email. like to connect with him. Yeah. Oh, you probably could connect with him through Meetup too, uh, Luis. Yes. He's out there. Or uh, no, he's not on Meetup. He's he's on. He found out about this through Facebook, uh, through Messenger. I sent him the invitation that way. Oh, so I, I gave him the uh, ID that way. Well, you would have his Messenger ID, right? In, in, in Facebook, does he show his uh, middle name, the Shenryu? Yeah, he he wrote it down, Justin Shenryu Williams. S H E N R I U. S H E N R Y U. Y U. Mm -hmm. There we go. Let's see if I can uh, find him there. Well, guys, I'm going to go. So we'll see you all next week. Okay. All right, David. Okay, nice. Safe. Always, always great to talk to take you. Yeah. Care right. of your, take care of your uh, family. Tires. Be yeah, my tires. <laughs> be nespotic. Ne nepotic? Ne ne Nepotism. Cronyism. <laughs> Nespotic. Ne that is a word too, nespotic, I believe. And be cr crony also. Right. That's it. Okay, <laughs> see you all later. All right. Take care, David. Take, take care, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jairo. Thank you. Always uh, excellent. Thank Always you. excellent. I agree with you. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang around in case Chris joins us. <laughs> mm.
it's uh, eight thirteen. Wow. Well, maybe uh, let's see. Maybe uh.